Good evening and welcome um, to the Family Business 21 session. Um, I'd like to welcome our speaker. Um, I know I've, I've learned how to pronounce your first name, which is uh, Dr. Krishnan. How do I pronounce your second name, sir? You leave that. You just keep it as Krishnan. <laughs> Um, welcome and thank you for joining us this evening. We're looking forward sure, um, to learning from you. Sure. Thank you and uh, uh, a very good evening, good morning uh, to all the people around the world who have joined and uh, pleasure being there with all of you. Uh, just to give you a small background about myself. Uh, I have close to around 24 years of corporate experience and last 10 years, I have been primarily focusing on family business advising and uh, basically I operate at two areas. Uh, the first one is I am associated with academic institutes to teach the next generation about family business management and involved in the development of the next generation. And the second uh, area that I work upon is I am a family business advisor to leading uh, family businesses in India. And as I speak to you, I would have consulted more than 30 odd family businesses across the country, multi-generational. And enjoy doing that because it gives me the satisfaction of engaging with family businesses and working towards their perpetuity. So that, that's what keeps me busy. Uh, and today I'm going to talk to you about uh, a very, very relevant topic, uh, which is extremely significant. And I think uh, this is a topic that everybody asks me to speak about. So I'm going to talk about succession in family business and as I've projected on the screen, but I'm going to focus more on the type of mindsets that are associated with succession in family business. And that's why I'm using these three words, right, responsibility, or privilege. It's a mindset in which succession is done in a family business because succession involves two generations. And I always say that succession is an event. Transition is a journey. So the culmination of transition is succession. So typically, what is the mindset in which the transition happens, which leads to succession, is very, very important. And based on my experience with various family businesses, I've arrived at these three words called right, responsibility, or privilege. Because before succession takes place in any family business, there is a culture that is built in. It is like the soil which decides the type of crop that you can sow onto that soil. If the soil is not conducive to the seed, however good the seed might be, the seed will not sprout. Same is the case with succession. You have to create the right culture to ensure that the succession takes place the way you planned. And one of the basic prerequisites of succession is the mindset in which the succession happens. 
So let's now spend some time in understanding each of these mindsets in a little bit more detail. The first mindset is that is of what we call it as the mindset of right. Now, what does that mean? This is something that comes from, I would say, a space of royalty, where succession is a matter of fact. In some communities, in some cultures, the eldest tends to become the successor. Blood lineage is given preference and the rest follows. So that is one of the theories that is applied. So it is a right for me to be part of the family business. And because I carry that family name, I have the legitimate right to be part of the family business. And there is a mentality of entitlement. Because I carry that name, I need to be part of the family business and it's my right. The second thing that becomes very significant is because I belong to the family, it is not just me, but the larger family which would be a beneficiary. So all siblings in my generation would be the beneficiary of the family business. And this doesn't come on the basis of meritocracy. This doesn't come on the basis of how good I am or how worthy I am, but it comes by the virtue of right. The other part is joining the business is more because of the perquisites that the family business gives me and the benefits that I can enjoy rather than the contribution I can make. Typically what happens is that there is a generation which would have put tremendous effort in creating a particular business, a family business through blood and sweat and it gets passed on to the next generation in terms of an entitlement. And this generation tends to take on that business more so from the space of entitlement to enjoy the benefit, to consume what has been passed on from the previous generation and what, they, what is left behind is passed on to the next generation. So what happens is that Basically, the effort of one generation is enjoyed by the subsequent generation and they really don't appreciate and understand what has gone behind in creating what has been handed over to them. And generally, it is more of entitlement and consumption that leads to this succession process rather than perpetuity and continuity. So that's the mindset of right. Let's go to the second bucket, which is the mindset of responsibility. Here, it is not about entitlement. It's not about consumption. It's about a certain amount of responsibility that gets passed on from one generation to another generation because the family believes that this business has to be multi-generational and the next generation has to do better than the previous generation. The legacy, the values, all these things has to continue because it is strongly associated with the family business. The mission of these family businesses is basically to continue and to ensure that the identity of the family business 
continues the way it has been foreseen by the previous generation. One of the key challenges that we see when it comes to this type of mindset is a lot of times there is tremendous pressure on the next generation to take over the family business from the previous generation. And in that process, sometimes they tend to sacrifice their personal interest for the larger interest of the family. So the next generation becomes more duty bound. And generally, they can't go against the senior generation because it's more of command and control rather than collaboration. So in this type of situation, while there is a merit in terms of continuity, the demerit is that it lacks democratic approach. It lacks collaboration. It's more of control. And last but not the least, sometimes the interest of the larger family supersedes individual aspirations and interest of the members of the family, especially the next generation. And there's a cost, you know, that the members of the family have to bear for the benefits of the family business. So this is more of a mindset of traditional businesses, which has been running over 50 years, 60 years, 80 years. And we see a lot of businesses across the world where the next generation tends to become duty bound. They take it, not that they have any regrets, but then the manner in which it happens, the suction happens is more regimented. It's more controlled. The last bucket that I wanted to talk about is the most preferred way of doing a succession, the mindset of privilege. It is not of entitlement. It is not of consumption. It's not about right. It's not about sacrifice. It's about an honor. It's about feeling good, passionate, and proud of being part of the family business. Now, to bring this sort of a mindset, one of the critical things that needs to be done is how well the senior generation makes the family business attractive to the next generation. Because the responsibility of making this business attractive to the next generation lies with the type of story that is being narrated by the senior generation to the next generation so that they feel that they need to be part of this legacy. They need to be part of this institution, which has given us so much and it has got such a lot of reputation. So what basically brings the next generation part, uh, next generation into the family business is the values, is the beliefs, is the reputation, is the legacy that this family business has created over a period of time. If you look at some of the large, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, brands across the world, which are in the luxury segment, whether it's Louis Vuitton, Gucci, or whether it is uh, Hermes, when you look at these brands, they are all family businesses across the world. And every generation in this particular type of business, family business associated with luxury brands, there is a tremendous amount of pride and passion to be part of this particular business because they find it as a privilege to be part of this business. Similarly, in the area of jewelry, in the area of medicine, there is a Merck is a large pharma company, which is currently is, I think if I'm not wrong, 
it's the 19th or the 20th uh, generation that is now currently there in the family business. It's a German pharmaceutical company. There are 262 active members, part of the family member, every uh, part of the business council. Every year they get elected uh, out of a pool of, if I'm not wrong, some 700 odd members. So there's a tremendous pride in being part of this particular business and everybody wants to contribute significantly. And nobody owns more than two to 3% of the shares in the company. That shows that how well it is spread and how passionate they are in terms of running the business. So that becomes more of a privilege rather than a responsibility or a right. The other part is custodianship. Now that is a very, very important. So one mindset is more in terms of the previous generation created something. It has been handed over to me. Now I consume what I need to consume and what is left behind, I give it, I give it to the next generation. That's the mentality more of right. In the mentality of privilege, we are not the owners. We are the custodians of the business who has got this business from the previous generation. And our responsibility is to add value to this business and then pass on to the next generation so that the business continues for the purpose for which it has been created. There's a social responsibility. There is a business responsibility. There's a commitment to the family in terms of what they aspire for and what does the business do to the family. And last but not the least, their contribution to the nation. All these aspects are taken into account when it comes to the mindset of privilege. And predominantly, the mindset that dominates is, I am blessed to be part of this family business because unlike other family members in other family businesses, here I am getting a great opportunity to contribute, which makes a difference to myself and to the family. Now, these are the broad themes around which the mindset of privilege functions. So let me now try to interconnect these three pieces in terms of right, responsibility, and privilege. When it comes to the next generation development towards succession, towards moving into the senior generation role, the mindset makes a lot of difference the way in which I develop myself. So there are certain family businesses in which the entire thinking is that I will go and occupy a position of power in the family business so that I can control. There is another mindset where the next generation comes is that, no, I need to understand my business across multiple, which will be worthy of it is, which is very interesting is that I may not go up the ranks and play multiple roles, but definitely I will shadow the key players, the management people who actually run the business, understand the business thoroughly before I become a contender for a contributing role, which is strategic in nature. How do I approach my entry into the family business depends upon the mindset with which I approach my family business at a very young age when I'm developing myself to be a worthy successor to my family business. Because if I don't have that mindset, then my development 
is very much hampered. And preferably, I think I needless to say, between the three of the choices that I kept in front of you, as I'm sharing this mindset piece of succession, the most preferred one is a no-brainer, privilege. The second one being responsibility. The mindset of right to the family business is not something that is very encouraging because the framework of entitlement, you know, and it makes the professionals who work for you feel very, very controlled. Meritocracy gets sacrificed. Competency and capability is not encouraged. Loyalty tends to be encouraged more. And then what happens over a period of time that individual's opinion overtakes or supersedes systems and processes. Whereas when you have a mentality of privilege, you know that this institution has been created primarily under an umbrella of trustworthiness. And let me spend two minutes time on the aspect of trust because a lot of times when we talk about trust in context to succession, we tend to see only the social trust. Do you trust me? Do I trust you as two individuals? No, that is what we call it as the social trust. What we need to develop is called as the competency trust or the capability trust. I am trusted in the family business by the virtue of what I can bring on to the table and not by the virtue of the name that I carry. That is what is called as the competency trust. When there is consistency of competency trust in the institution, it graduates to something called as systems trust, which says that people will come, people will go. Here is a family business which has got systems and processes which will take care of itself and there are people to manage that. And that leads to a very, very fundamental thing called as governance trust, which is how in India, we have a large company called the Tatas. Now, Tatas completely work on governance trust because over a period of time, maybe more than 100 years, they have developed this governance trust whereby their outcomes are predict predictable. The members of the family businesses who are involved are governed by the rules, the philosophy, the, the principles based on which the Tata Trust works. It is not driven by few individuals or an individual based on their whims and fancies. So that makes, so the trust component is extremely important in succession. What type of trust did I develop with my people, both family members and non-family members who are part of the family business? If you are depending on social trust, most of the time you will see the right to succession dominates. If you have developed competency trust, there is an element of responsibility because there is a thought process of contribution. But if you have developed systems trust and governance trust, then it will be more of a privilege because you are not a person who is driving. It is a systems. It is a governance that is driving the family business where you are one of the key enablers. You are one of the key custodians and you are you exhibit the principles of stewardship. Now, this is what I wanted to share with all of you as an opening note. And, uh, you know, 
to summarize and to connect with few other aspects uh, you know at the end of this short uh, sharing that i want to do is that succession lot of people think that it's a linear thing no it is not so succession happens in three ways succession to the family succession to ownership and succession to the management all three are different generally in family businesses what happens first is successions to the management when i am at the age of 23 24 25 whatever it might be i enter into the business based on certain rules and regulations that are stipulated by the family business i can join as a management trainee i can join as an entry level supervisor depending upon what is it that i have developed as a capability and i grow up the rank and i first succeed or transition into a management role eventually becoming the ceo or the coo or the the what i would say head of the business as such so that's one succession the second succession is of ownership when i understand that i am not just running the business i also own the business and i'm responsible for the value creation of the business as well as for the family so there is an asset class i need to create and this asset class has to be significant enough which adds the value to the organization as well as to the members of the family business because the aspirations of the family business or the family members are fulfilled by the business so there is an element of ownership succession how do i become rightful owners of the business from the mentality of custodianship where i create value and then pass it on it's not about and then the ownership also involves a thinking where i flow back the money that i get from the business back into the business because i feel if at all there is any entity that can give me the best return it is my own business and not the market so that's the succession to ownership and finally succession to the family where i become the family leader i am the glue to the for the family which keeps the family together bonded and that's a very significant part because all three successions may not be the same person a successor to the business could be different a successor to the ownership could have an overlap and a successor to the family leadership could be a person different from who is succeeding as a business leader now these aspects have to be understood because a lot of times when we talk about succession we consider it as one single way of doing it which may not be the case so this is what i wanted to share with you at this point of time now i am open for questions queries from all of you if you have got any and take the discussion further thank you thank you so much um uh, for that interesting uh presentation um i myself have learned quite a bit from it um let me just go into the questions that we do have that are coming through if there's anybody who has any questions please um feel free to ask them through the q and a uh, button at the bottom of your screen or through the chat screen um there is a comment from daniel who says that it this has been a very vital and eye opening 
um, information. Um, and Two. and then the, the question, uh, one of the questions that have come through, what are the most common examples of succession conflicts that you have come across? The most uh, predominant succession conflict that I'm seeing off late, uh, which is contemporary is two of them. One is this entire theory of the eldest succeeding in the family business. That is being challenged because meritocracy is being preferred to the blood lineage in terms of uh, who came to the family first. So that's where a lot of conflict is happening because uh, traditional right-based succession, if you were to look at, they tend to pick up the eldest to be the successor. Whereas there is a challenge that comes in where they say that no, it's not the eldest, but the brightest. The meritocracy should prevail. So that's the common one that I'm seeing. And off late, which I'm seeing more and more is women challenging succession. Because there is a cultural issue also in a lot of... Uh, uh, in, 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 especially in India, as, as well as I'm seeing that in other parts of the world, that are women being given equal rights to succeed in terms of, uh, you know, a position of power, a position of control. And there, there is a lot of debate that's going around. So off late, there are a lot of family businesses in which they are now giving the legitimate right to succeed on the basis of meritocracy gender neutral. Gender is not the basis at all. So these are the two areas that I'm seeing that a lot of conflicts are emerging. It is being taken to the court because recently there was one court case where uh, the board uh, challenged the nomination of the eldest son of a family into a large uh, pen manufacturing company, writing instrument manufacturing company. And uh, the board ultimately went to the court and the court clearly said that no, they, it should be on the basis of meritocracy and the girl child, I mean, she's, she's close to 37. She was nominated. The woman was, the, the daughter of the family was nominated to the board and that got accepted. And it was purely done on the basis of meritocracy. So these are some of the emerging trends and family business also have to now keep that in mind in terms of educating the girl children to be able successors as much as the male members. We have a few um, questions in the Q&A. One from Timmy Tokwe. How do you deal with siblings rivalry? Siblings rivalry. Siblings rivalry is a big chapter by itself, but some of the key things that emerges when it comes to sibling rivalry. Uh, it could be in terms of disproportionate wealth, in terms of how the family wealth gets distributed. Uh, sibling rivalry also comes when it comes to effort versus return, because there are a lot of stages, you know, if I, the, the, the mindset of right that I said, there are a lot of cases in which every member of the family thinks that especially the sibling generation, uh, they tend to feel that we have got the right to work in the family business. But the contribution made by the different members are disproportionate. Now that creates rivalry because when it comes to benefits, everybody wants to have equal benefits. But when it comes to contribution, 
there is a disparity over there so that creates another rivalry the third dimension that i have seen when it comes to sibling rivalry is more so from the perspective of roles and responsibility because you have to be so, so there are some families in which they are able to elect and select the leader the ceo the head of the business the md in a very democratic way based on meritocracy based on seniority experience but in lot of cases they are not able to do in such type of cases it has been seen that because of the extreme i would say dissonance amongst the sibling generation an external member is brought in to lead the family business who could be a professional but then the alignment of the professional with the siblings creates lot of discomfort and fight amongst them so these are some of the areas which are creating you know i would say that there are ways and means by which family business are finding out of addressing these issues through business councils through ownership councils and they arrest these issues at a very formative stage rather than allowing it to grow up into a dispute which requires a mediation or even sometimes separation um very interesting there very interesting um augustina is asking how does one make families understand the three levels of succession that you explained instead of making them explain these three levels the conversation we should start with the family members is what type of transition do you want us to go through and when you ask that question then the answer that we get will clearly decide what type of mindset that we need to create and by the way this mindset is never created by the next generation for themselves this mindset is created by the senior generation through their behavior i'll give you an example if as a mother if i tell my son that don't worry son your seat in the family business is guaranteed because you carry the name of the business or name of the family somewhere i get into the feeling of entitlement but if that mother grooms the child saying that you know what nothing is guaranteed for you you have to make yourself capable you have to make yourself competent you have to you have to grow up the ladder you should command respect and not demand respect obviously the mindset i develop are different from the mindset that i stated in the earlier stage so lot of effort has to go from the senior generation in creating the soil so that the seed that i sow in that soil fructifies we have one from foluka how do we cultivate this stewardship mindset in the next generation uh, uh, i beg your pardon nikki how do we develop how do we develop that stewardship you know mindset yeah. in yeah. the next generation yeah so there are three components to it the first component is the feeling of gratitude the feeling of gratitude that i'm blessed to be born in a family business and there is so much that god has given me in so many ways that i am not just responsible for myself but i am responsible 
for a whole lot of people who are dependent on me. That's the starting point. The second is that you, you realize that you did not create what you get, what you got. Somebody else created and it came to you so that you can take care of that and grow it in a bigger way where you are also one of the beneficiaries, but others also will be a beneficiary. And the third one is, it is not about you and the family only, because once you grow to a particular size, you know, maybe there are 100,000 people working for you. Maybe you are supporting so many livelihoods. You are supporting so many other causes, which is bigger than the business. So when you develop that mentality, then what happens is that you don't look in terms of consumption. You look in terms of creation. You take look in terms of custodianship. And that's how you develop that thinking of stewardship. Right. Um, Timmy Tope asks, at what point do we start planning for the three levels of succession planning? Earlier, the better. Today, children are being groomed as early as 12 years old, 13 years old. Uh, you know, the grandfather sits with the children sharing the stories of how they started the business in that bicycle in which he went around various villages selling a small quantity of goods that they manufactured and from there what they became. So it is the senior generation, the grandfather, grandmother, who spends time with the grandchildren narrating these interesting stories whereby it becomes inspirational for them. There is a legacy, there is a value and it starts as early as that. And then gradually, this child develops that interest that I also need to be a worthy contributor to this family business and starts exploring in terms of how is it that I can be part of this particular family business. So the investment starts at a very, very early stage. Then the way in which we identify the strengths of the children and then how we groom them to be what they be. And the moment you start this journey in a gradual way, you will see that first it may come as a right. Okay. First it may come as a right, but gradually you will see it will transition into responsibility because they will see that it is no longer a it's, it's no longer my right. It's also a sense of responsibility that I have. There is a reputation, there is an effort. And then they graduate to the stage where they think, you know, it's a privilege that I am part of this business. It's an honor because you get respect. You get your identity and last but not the least, what you get is a sense of satisfaction that you not only contributed to the organization, you also contributed to the family. And the biggest thing that you get is the children of the family start looking at you as a role model. Now that is where the paradigm shift happens. So it's a, it's a gradual process. It's a gradual process, but it starts as early as 12 and 13. Interesting. Uh, we have one last question from Foluka. How do we do succession planning where we have two families partnering in the, in the business? So now I have to go to a bit of an academic part. There is a three circle model uh, in family business where there is seven zones. Now, if there are two families involved in a family business, 
you have to plot the family in terms of where they belong to what roles are each members of the family playing there could be a role where they are a member of the family and part of the business but don't have ownership there could be they could be part of the family have ownership but they are not part of the business they could be uh, part of the family part of the business as well as ownership where is it that they uh, they belong to both the families put together because when it comes to family business as far as i am concerned they are not two families it's only one family mm. because they are working together now depending upon which zone they belong to you will define their roles and responsibilities because every role and response every role and responsibility will have boundaries and barriers if i belong to family and ownership but not to business i may provide strategic direction but i will not interfere in the day to day running of the business but if i am in the family and business but not part of the ownership then i will be operationally responsible but i may not be involved in providing strategic direction i can provide inputs but that may not be binding so these are the dynamics of the family business and it depends upon which zone i belong to this three circle model and the seven zones because each one of them has boundaries and barriers so that's my answer and then it also depends upon the size of the two families too how big or how large it is how many members are there perfect thank you so much um krishnan for joining us tonight and for giving us such um interesting insight into um succession within the family business structures if people want to get hold of you how do they get hold of you so they can get in touch with me in this email id that mm -hmm. uh, i have put over here krishnan.m mm -hmm. this is my email id we mm -hmm. can make a note of it and i'll be more than happy to interact with them in whichever way they want to all right perfect are you on social media yes i'm in linkedin okay uh, i'm in linkedin and uh, more than happy to connect with anybody who wants to uh, exchange some thoughts ideas on social media perfect thank you so much once again for joining us um this evening and for sharing with us we look forward to continuing uh, building this relationship with your practice thank you very much it was a pleasure interacting with all of you and uh, look forward to continue with this association with all of you thank you very much good night thank you good night, good night. Good night.